0: This is where we're going to start. Go to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. We've been spending three weeks on this. and uh, We talked about the five pillars of Jesus' ministry. Now, y'all really got to help me this morning and, and pull on the Holy Ghost. Uh, just release your faith because uh, I just feel like, it, by, by nature, I'm a preacher. I like to shout. I like to scream. I like to yell. I like to spit. I like to do all of those things. But I believe that God's wanting to teach us from His Word this morning, so we're going to try to slip over into the teaching gift, amen? And uh, Pastor Mark, Pastor Rhonda, they're wonderful teachers. And also what we're going to be talking about this morning, I heard a message by Pastor Robert Morris there out of Texas, and as I heard it, it just revelation came to my heart, and so I began to seek the Lord and inquire the Lord about it. And uh, he, he, he said that, you know, I basically had permission to share it with y'all. And this morning, we're going to be talking about how God wants to anoint us with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're a Holy Ghost church. And like Pastor Mark ministered before he went to the nation of Chile, he said in order to be a Holy Ghost church, you got to be a church that's full of people who are full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so this is what I know. It, the, the, we have the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Bible talks to us about God, and it says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so what does that mean? The Holy Ghost hasn't changed. And the ministry of the Holy Ghost hasn't changed. And the fact that Jesus wants to administer the Holy Spirit to us has not changed. Amen? And so we got to receive from that. And so we've been looking at the five pillars of Jesus' ministry that are found here in Luke 4.18. And we've been talking about how he wants to implement those ministries in your life. How he wants to anoint us. He wants to save us. He wants to heal us. He wants to do this. And the way he does it is by the Holy Spirit. But I want to look at this Luke 4.18 out of the New King James Version. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now, I want to read this quote from Pastor Robert Morris. It says, Jesus did everything he did when he was on this earth through the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me this morning? Now, before Jesus was baptized by John, and we're going to look at that, and we're going to look at it from all four Gospels because it is in all four Gospels. And it's interesting if it occurs in all four Gospels, to me, that shows us that there's something in there that's very important. There's there's certain things that are in all four Gospels. I don't know how much of it is similar and how much of it repeats, but I know that Jesus' birth is in there. His death, his burial, and his resurrection is in there. And I know that the baptism is in there. All four of these things are happening in the Gospels, and so he's trying to get something to us. Everything Jesus did on earth, he did it once he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Now, if Jesus walked in power after he was anointed by the Holy Ghost, what does that mean for us to walk in power? What do we need? Come on, just say it loud. What do we need? The Holy Ghost. So we're going to look at here in a little bit that the Holy Ghost and we as as his sheep and as his church, we are anointed by the Holy Spirit. But who's the one that does it is Jesus. So can we real quick collectively agree that Jesus is not going to give us anything that is bad? He talks about this in Luke, I believe it's 11 or 9 or 9, 11, getting them confused in my head, but he said, if you natural men know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit to them who ask for it, right? So he's saying your natural men know how to bless your children and they're only going to do good things for your children. So why would you think that your heavenly father is going to give you something bad when he gives you the Holy Spirit? Amen. And then Jesus even gave us this promise. He said, "It's expedient or it's better for you that I go away, for if I go not away, I cannot send the comforter, who is the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, unto you." He went away, and what he said to us was the Holy Spirit to be with us in all things, and Jesus wants to anoint us. So let's say anoint me. He wants to anoint us with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. And so the Greek word, real quick, I want to talk to you about what that word anoint is because, remember, it says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. And so that Greek word anoint is the Greek word kiro. I can't pronounce these words. Uh, It's it's spelled C-H-R-I-O if you're into Greek. And this is what it means, to anoint by rubbing or pouring olive oil on someone to represent the flow or the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe some of you know my story, maybe some of you don't, but my parents went to Rainbow Bible Training Center from 1980 to 82. I was born in 1980, so the first two years of my life, my parents were at Bible school, and then in 1982, Mom and Dad started a church in a small town in Colorado called Berthoud, Colorado. I guarantee you, you've never heard of it. Our entire high school was about the size of this room. I mean, just a small town. But I remember growing up as a kid, on the pulpit up on stage in mom and dad's church, they always had this little bottle of anointed oil. Has anyone ever seen one of those in a church before? And whenever somebody would come down, they would just take that that wanted to be anointed with oil, they'd take that and they'd put it on their finger and they'd rub a little bit of oil right here on their forehead and then lay hands on them and anoint them with oil. And that is good, but the only problem with that is if that is our idea of how God wants to anoint us with the Holy Spirit, then we're missing how he wants to anoint us with the Holy Spirit. Because the Greek word of anoint or anointing is described as a pouring onto. So what does that mean? When Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit, he doesn't just want to rub a little dot on your forehead. Come on now. He wants to pour out the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost upon you. That I would pour my spirit out upon all flesh. And how does he want to do that? As the waters cover the sea. Right? And so it's a pouring out. We can go to the Old Testament and we can look at how people anointed things to get the design and understanding of how God wants to anoint us with the Holy Ghost. And when he anoints you with the Holy Ghost, this is what I'm saying to you this morning. He doesn't want to just give you a little dab. He wants to bathe you in the anointing. He wants to cover you, submerge you, immerse you in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Now let's go to Genesis 28 and let's look at some of this for context as to what it looks like when the anointing is poured out. Now this is Jacob, and we know Jacob's ladder and the gateway to heaven, and he's talking about how he had this dream, he laid his head down on a rock, and he had this dream, and he saw angels going through, and I just love reading this scripture, because he talks about where you're laying your head, this land I have given you, and it really inspired me when I read that last night. This is just extra for somebody, and maybe you're like, no, that's just too much. As I was reading that, the Lord told me that the property where my house is, he has given me that land, just claim it is mine. That's just extra, but he said, he said a bank doesn't own this, I've given it to you. Oh, so glory to God. If you've got a house payment in here, just believe that God has given you that land. Just like he gave it. God, God is in the business of giving land to people, yeah. right? Well, you're just one of those churches, the name it, claim it bunch, and in the prosperity gospel. There is no prosperity gospel, friends. There's just the gospel. Yeah. And in the gospel, you see how God wants to prosper you and bless you. Hallelujah. He was always giving land to his people. Amen. Well, I claim the land that my house is sitting on as my own. Amen. Belongs to me and my family. Amen. Glory to God, and you ought to claim it too. Amen. And so he's revealing it to Jacob, and he said, the land that you're laying on where you've laid your head, I'm giving that land to you. i said, thank you for that one amen. Hallelujah. And so Jacob wakes up, and this is after he wakes up, and look what he does here. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he'd put his head, put, his, put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured, someone say poured, that's that word right there, anoint, and poured oil on the top of it. He anointed the rock by pouring oil all over it. Now go with me to Exodus 29, 7. This is where Aaron and, and, and all their descendants are being anointed as the priests. And it says, Then shalt take the anointing oil and pour, someone say pour, and pour it upon his head and anoint him. Over in Psalms 133, two tells us what this looked like. It was like the precious oil that was poured, someone say poured, See, we're changing our mentality as to how Jesus wants to anoint us with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want to give us a little dab, but from Scripture we can see he wants to pour this oil out on us. He wants to anoint you with the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we get so caught up on the happenings when he pours out the Holy Spirit. Are we going to fall? Are we going to run? Are we going to dance? Are we going to speak in tongues? Forget about all that for a minute and just grab a hold of this revelation where he wants to pour the Holy Spirit out on you. Not just a little bit, but he wants to pour it out. Come on, someone say pour it out. out. So let me ask this question. If he wants to anoint us with the Holy Spirit, if he wants to pour the Holy Ghost out on us, and he wants to rub this on us, and he wants to smear this on us, and he wants to cover us with it, would it be okay with you if Jesus anoints you with the Holy Ghost? Right? And look what he said in Psalms. It's like the precious oil poured on the head. Whose head? Aaron's head. Running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. So what does that mean? That means he's bathing in it. This is not just a little bit. It's going down his head, into his beard, and over the collar of his robe. Glory to God. First Samuel chapter 10. Verse 1 out of the New King James Version. This is where Samuel anoints Saul. It says, then Samuel took the flask of oil and poured. Someone say pour. And poured it on his head and kissed him and said, it is because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance. So Samuel anointed Saul by pouring oil over his head. And as he poured it over him, he said, God is anointing you. See, the anointing is not just for ministers. Yes, ministers are anointed, and they have a very specific anointing that goes with their ministry gift. We can see part of this in the apostle. He talks about it in Ephesians chapter 4 where he says that he's given some pastors, preachers, teachers, apostles, whatever it may be, and they have anointings that goes with their gifting. Amen. But also, there's an anointing for your life that God wants to pour out on you. There's a, listen, if you have children, you need the anointing. If you're married, you need the anointing. Come on now. If you're in high school, you need the anointing. If you have a job,
1: if you're alive,
0: (laughs) You need the anointing of God. Amen. You need him to pour out and anoint you with the Holy Spirit. Because you cannot do this life in your strength because he said it. It's not by my strength, but by your spirit, says the Lord. So what does that mean? He wants to anoint you with the Holy Spirit. He wants to baptize you, and we're going to look at that word in a minute, with the Holy Ghost so you can live this life as Jesus lived it. Woo! I want to live as an overcomer. Yeah, listen. We know, and this—we got to grab a hold of this. Just because we have Jesus doesn't mean we are promised this perfect life with no trials and tribulations, with no heartache, with no suffering, with none of that. With no pain. What it means is that we have one who is with us in the fire. And if we trust in Him and we let Him anoint us with the Holy Ghost, we're going to come out of that fire, and we won't even smell like it on the other side right? We're going to face troubles and trials and pain and persecution. We're going to face those things. Even Jesus said, for my name's sake, you'll be persecuted. But guess what? We can come through all of that when we let him anoint us with the Holy Ghost. I'm not down here trying to do this by my strength. The Apostle Paul even said this, when I am weak, I am strong. Why? Because he trusted in him and he was anointed by him. Amen? And so we want this anointed. And we can see and we don't have time to go through all the different places of where Jesus did miraculous things by the anointing. But I want to look at one in Acts ten thirty eight. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Woo! How he anointed him. So when he anoints you with the Holy Spirit... Remember when Jesus, when he came out of the the garden or when he came out of that 40 days in the wilderness of temptation there in Matthew 4, how did he come out? It said he came out in the spirit and power. So that tells us no matter what you go through, you can always come out with spirit and power. uh, Maybe I'm going through temptation. Well, there's spirit is available in that temptation so you can come out in power. You don't have to yield to temptation. Do you know why many people do give in to temptation? It's because they haven't let Jesus baptize them with the Spirit and the Holy Ghost. They haven't let Jesus rub the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon their flesh because your flesh, as pastor said, is what needs this anointing. When the devil's tempting you, he's not tempting your spirit. Your spirit's connected. He's tempting your flesh. And so Jesus wants to baptize you with the anointing of the Holy Ghost so you can overcome that temptation. When did Jesus overcome the temptation? After he was baptized. Right? And so one thing, and we're going to look at this here in a little bit, but this baptismal, the baptizo, the Greek word that Jesus wants to do, it's a continual process. He wants to baptize us with the anointing of the Holy Ghost every day. Not just once. Well, I went to saturation service three and a half years ago. I'm good. You ready for some good English? You ain't good. You need to continually baptized. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, if Jesus did everything he did by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, if he overcame temptation, if he healed the sick and cleansed the lepers, if he overcame the the cross, the death, and the grave, even it says that the Holy Spirit was the one that went down and raised him to life, if he overcame everything he overcame by the Holy Spirit, then you can see how you need the Holy Spirit. If Jesus went about doing good, By the power of the Holy Ghost, then you can see how you're not going to be able to be good to anybody without the power of the Holy Ghost. Someone say, I need the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Now look at this, Luke 24, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. So the same power that was given to Jesus, God wants to give it to you because it's the same Holy Spirit. No, someone missed that in the room. The same power that was on Jesus, and we're going to look at here John Baptist, how he said that the Holy Spirit descended on like a dove and remained on him. So he wants the Holy Spirit to remain on you, right? The same power that Jesus walked in when he was anointed with the Holy Spirit is the same power that God wants you to walk in. No, come on now. Well, you can't say that. Well, the Word said it. Until you be undo. That word right there, undue, means induo. In the Greek, it means to clothe or be clothed. He wants to clothe you with the anointing. He wants you to wear the anointing like you'd wear a garment. He wants to clothe you with that anointing. Amen. Jesus did what he did by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that power is available to us. Okay, now let me say this, because I can feel the resistance in the room. If the power for our lives is us being anointed by the Holy Spirit and the devil knows that, what do you think he would make the most controversial subject within the church? Oh, you go to a Holy Ghost church. God's not the one causing confusion on this topic. Because he wants to anoint everybody with the Holy Spirit. So who's the one that would cause confusion on this topic? Well, the one that wants to keep you from walking in the power. Because you need to walk in the power. You need to walk in the power for your business. Come on, you need to walk in the power for your family. You need to walk in the power so when the devil's attacking you and your family, you can rise up by the anointing. Not by works or in the flesh. You rise up by the anointing and you speak words of faith. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Come on now, you do that, and that utterance comes by the anointing. So the devil knows if I can keep them from being baptized and anointed by the Holy Spirit, I can keep them from walking in the power. So he's made the topic that we see all through the Word of God controversial. Mm. To keep God's people from receiving what Jesus has been doing from the beginning, anointing people with the Holy Spirit. Even when he breathed the brouhaha, the breath of God into man from the beginning. So he wants to anoint us. Well, let's look at how he wants to anoint us. Matthew 3, we're going to look at all four Gospels real quick. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. <laughs> Woo! We're going to look at that word "baptize" here in a minute. But let's just keep going. Mark 1, 7 through 8. And he preached saying, There comes one after me who's mightier than I, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to, un- worthy to stoop down and loose. This is Mark 1, 7 through 8. I indeed baptize you with water, but he, who's he? Jesus. So this is one of the works of Jesus in your life. He, he Not only does he, did he save you, not only does he heal you, not only does he place you in your right mind, he wants to baptize you. He wants to rub the anointing all over you. He wants to pour out the Holy Ghost upon you. In Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I'm not worthy to lose. He, someone say He. Someone say Jesus. Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Last one, John one thirty two through 34. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent him sent me to baptize with water, said to me, Upon him you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So real quick, what's that Greek word for baptized? Well, it's baptizo. Baptizo. And this is what it means. To submerge, to baptize, to immerse, literally to dip under. I like this. Properly to dip repeatedly. We're going to start doing that when we baptize people with water. We're just going up and down and up and down and up and down. <laughs> I mean, just, just get it, brother. Get it. <laughs> you know, just keep putting them under. Jesus wants to baptize us with the Holy. He wants to dip you repeatedly in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. This is not a little dab will do you. This is Lord Jesus, bring the whole bottle. And just let me be. <laughs> Whoo. Let me just be somebody who just wants all that you have. Let me just go and just pour it out upon me. It seems to dip repeatedly, to submerge, to dip repeatedly. So why does God want Jesus to baptize us with the Holy Spirit? Well, I found this definition, and it's just so wonderful. I want to read it to you. A clear example that shows the meaning of a baptizo is a text from a Greek poet and physician, Nicander who lived about 200 B.C. <laughs> it is a recipe for making pickles. Nicander says that in order to make a pickle, the vegetable should be first dipped, which is bapto, the Greek word bapto, into boiling water and then baptized, which is the Greek word baptizo, into the vinegar solution. Now, watch this. Both verbs concern the immersion of the vegetable in a solution. But the first, which is bapto, the first is a temporary. The second act of baptizing the vegetable produces a permanent change. It is safe to say that there's some things that need a permanent change in my life. And this is amazing. This Greek poet, even before Jesus came, he knew the definition through making pickles of what baptizing you with the Holy Spirit and fire would do in your life is going to change you. Oh, no, come on now. You need to up. Because listen to me. Maybe there's some addictions you've been struggling with even after you got saved. God wants to change it. And the way he changes it is he dips you repeatedly underneath the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And that dipping underneath the anointing of the Holy Ghost produces a permanent change on the inside of you. Maybe there's things you've been fighting with in your mind. God wants to break that. And he does it by the anointing, by dipping you into the waters and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And he does it repeatedly so a permanent change can come into your life. Not temporary, but once a cucumber becomes a pickle, there's no going back. I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, and there's no going back. I've experienced some permanent changes in my life. I've been set free from some things in my life, and I didn't do it. Jesus did it when he baptized me in the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to continue to let him baptize me. Because let me tell you, this world is like a leech. And it'll attach itself to you and suck things out of you. But Jesus has something to break those leeches off of you. And he wants to do it in a permanent way. And this is why people struggle and struggle. And so many people in the body of Christ, when the devil's made the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost such a controversial subject, they'll never be free. Because they're resisting the power that Jesus has given for who Now look at this, for who the Son sets free is free indeed. Well, how does the Son do it? He baptizes you with the Holy Ghost. Come on now, I said He baptizes you with the Holy Ghost. Now what Pastor Belinda just talked about was orchestrated by God. You've got to get out of your head. Can you understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your natural mind? Absolutely not. This is why the Apostle Paul said that men who are natural cannot receive spiritual things for spiritual things are received by the Spirit. Listen, if you got in your head even concerned in salvation, you'd talk yourself out of it. It's not received by your natural mind. It is received by enlightenment and revelation that came to your spirit for faith is of the heart. And when you believe of the heart, you can receive from heaven because heaven is a spiritual place. It's not a natural place. You don't receive anything from heaven in the natural. Now, what you receive from heaven will surely affect the natural, but you receive it by faith. So when it comes to being baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire, I don't, I don't, well, I'm just going to come down there and if I fall down, I fall down. Well, there you go, measuring the spirit with the natural. I said, there you go, measuring the spirit with the natural. And you can't measure things with the natural. I guarantee you when I was sitting in Bible school, every instructor that was up there teaching, when they saw me not paying attention, they thought I was going to go the least amount of distance when it came to spiritual things. Who's this kid just staring off into space? Daydreaming. Right? Yes, yes. We know the old analogy. You don't judge a book by its cover. Amen. Stop measuring natural thing, or spiritual things in the natural. Well, they fell down, and I don't know if I believe in that. Well, then you won't receive. I love the way it is said, and I was praying on it last night. When the supernatural comes in contact with the natural, one's got to give way, and bet your bottom it ain't the natural. Or it ain't the spiritual. The natural's going to be the one that gives way, not the spiritual. Because the spiritual is greater than the natural because everything in the natural was created from the spiritual. All right, all right. So it is great. You're of a greater kingdom, a spiritual kingdom. And everything from that kingdom that you see, everything from, was made from that kingdom. Amen. 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 And so I just want to be like a pickle. I don't care if it's a sweet pickle. I don't care if it's a sour pickle. Just let me be a pickle. Let me be changed. Jesus baptized me. Jesus baptized me. Now look at this. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, uh, and they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound of heaven, as a rush of mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. So a fire showed up. Who's the one doing this? Jesus. Who's baptizing them? Jesus is baptizing them with the Holy Spirit and fire. And they were all filled. Someone say, fill me up. Fill me up. <clears throat> <laughs> and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So Jesus baptized them with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? From this moment, they were all radically changed. We know Peter's story. He couldn't even confess to being a follower of Jesus before this. And then in a moment in time, he's baptized with the Holy Spirit and he was permanently changed. He went from a denier to a preacher. Permanently changed because then we see him come out of that upper room. Ooh, Lord Jesus! And when you're baptized, you can't contain it. (laughs) Ooh, the church better not tell us to calm down because when he's pouring it on, you don't. There is no calming down. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like getting a hold of electricity. I'm out of control. You know, when we lived up in the sticks in Colorado, we, we, we built several houses that we lived in up there on the mountains. And uh, we did all the wiring of those houses. We had no formal education. We did not go to electricity school or whatever that is. And uh, I got shocked a lot. <laughs> <clears throat> I have screwdrivers that were broken half because they would come in contact with the power and it would just snap the screwdriver. Wow. I remember one time, specifically my uncle, Uncle Don... He was in one room, and he screamed from that room, Hey, Bruce, is the power on? And then about 30 seconds later, I heard a (laughs) pop. And then Dad goes, Yeah, the power's on. (laughs) But when you come in contact with this, I mean, it has an effect. Hello? I said it has an effect. And so there was an effect on them. And Peter, who denied Jesus three times, is now standing in front of 5,000 preaching the gospel. Permanent change. Now look at this. Acts chapter 4. Just a little bit further down the road here. Now what's going on? They, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost and then they're talking about what happened and then they're thrown in prison for it. Well, then they get out of prison and I love what it says. Let's just go over here real quick. Acts chapter 4. Y'all doing alright? Well, if you're not, just lie to me. Hallelujah. Make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Now, I got, we're going to go Acts 31 here in just a minute, but I want you to see here, this is important, in Acts 4.23, it says, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John found the other believers and told them what the leading priest had done. So they were released from prison, and what they did is they went to their own company. Right? They went to the other believers. Who's the other believers? The ones that were in the upper room. Now look here in Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit these are the same people that we just read that were filled in Acts 2-4. I said these were the same people. So you can see how they weren't just baptized once in the Holy Ghost, but we see it again in Acts 4, and then we see over in Ephesians, it says, and be not drunk with wine, where in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be being filled with the Holy Ghost. And so this is a continual experience that we're supposed to have in the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to continually let Jesus baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. That word right there, be filled in the Greek, means playroom. (laughs) And I like this, to make full, to complete, to fill, to individual capacity. So what's your capacity? How much can you take? Fill me up. I got a big old, listen, I used to have a 1993 Acura Integra. It was a cool little car. And back in the day, not today probably, but back in the day, I could fill up that tank for like 15 bucks. Like 10, 15 bucks, I could fill up the tank all the way to full because it was a little Acura Integra. It had some little four cylinder engine underneath the hood made by Honda, and that was a fun little car. But now I have a GMC Yukon that's a 5.3 liter. And let me tell you something, the capacity has changed. You put $10 in that like I used to to fill the Acura Integra, the needle doesn't even move. It's got more capacity. Needs more fuel, right, to be full. Well, guess what? Sometimes, and this is, our lives is kind of like that car, as you go, as you go, it burns fuel. Well, as you live and as you live, I don't know how it works, but it's like the anointing, it burns. Remember, way back in, before electricity, they had those oil lamps. And as long as there was oil in the bottom of it, the wick would burn. But it could only burn so long, and then it was out of oil. God knows that this world depletes you of your oil and your anointing and the resources, so he wants to continually baptize you to fill you to capacity. It's so much better driving a car when the needle's on full. There's no worry or concern. You know, and I got to get out of that habit because I'm that guy. Ooh, I got 20 miles left. I can go 10 more. And then it's like you got 10 left. Ooh, I can get five more on there. I know I can. And then the car starts beeping. Find gas station now. If I can be honest with you in the spirit, sometimes God is saying to us, and some of us in this room right now, get to gas station now. You feel like giving up? It's because you're running on fumes. You feel like you're overwhelmed? It's because your gas tank is on empty. So you need to go to saturation service so I can fill you up to capacity, so I can dip you repeatedly, I can submerge you in the Holy Spirit, so I can anoint your life, so that way I can get your tank back on full so you can leave the room as Jesus left in spirit and power. So you can go to work tomorrow and say, woo wait." Where's them data sheets? Let me add them. (laughs) Woo! Where's that client list? Let me call them. So you can go to school tomorrow and say, bring on the math exam. Hallelujah. Why? Because when you have a permanent change from being dipped under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, everything in your perspective changes. Everything in your world changes. And instead of going in defeated, you come out in spirit and power. Your outcome is victory because you let Jesus rub the anointing on your life. Now look at this, Psalms ninety two ten. And pastor's going to be here tonight, and I believe we've been on the riverbank all morning, and it is slippery, and we're going to fall into something. We've been on the riverbank. Woo, and this is, I'm just going to tell you what the Lord told me. He said, preach on this, and so when pastor gets back from being in Chile and flying all night, he doesn't have to get to the work plow. He can just go. So I believe we're hitting the ground running tonight. Does that mean we're going to run in the room? It doesn't mean that. What does it mean? It means whatever God wants to do. Whatever God wants, however he wants to baptize me repeatedly in the Holy Ghost, this is my heart. I'm ready. Here's a safe prayer for you to pray anytime, Lord, everything you have for me, I'm open to it. Lord, everything you have for me, I'm open to it. He'll never give you something that's going to hurt you, he'll never give you something that goes against his word. He's only going to give you stuff that's beneficial and advantageous to your life. And the Holy Spirit is beneficial to your life. We're a Holy Ghost church. And we're going to let Jesus continually baptize us with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Psalms 92.10 But My horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Tonight I'm coming with an expectation to get some fresh oil. I said tonight I'm coming with an expectation to get some fresh oil. Maybe you have to work or you've got something going on and you can't be here tonight. I believe you can receive fresh oil right now. Just ask Him, baptize me with fresh oil. Come on, everyone just say that. Say, Father, I ask you to baptize me with fresh oil. Jesus, baptize me with fresh oil. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire. I receive fresh oil right now. Fill me up to capacity. In Jesus' name, amen.